0: When I look at most people's communication, their analysis, their decision-making, the goals they're striving for, they could really do with basically pruning the extra stuff that they're trying to do or trying to accomplish that is not central to their goal. Just eliminate it, prune it, and that central thing will actually get
1: stronger. It's Michael Kavnat here, back with another episode of The Next Big Idea Daily and our ongoing masterclass on building a second brain, with my guest Tiago Forte. If you've been listening to the earlier episodes, you know what we mean by a second brain. If not, feel free to go back and find those episodes in your feed or download our Next Big Idea app. But I can summarize it for you here. Basically, a second brain is Tiago's term for a system to collect and organize the digital information in your life, all those stray bits of data that are notoriously hard to keep track of in your physical brain. So putting together a functioning digital brain is pretty clearly a great way to get more organized and productive. But what Tiago is really interested in is how a system like this can make you more creative too. Having a way to collect helpful ideas, inspiring images, cool references, useful facts, is the first step in generating your own unique outputs. Then when we're ready to get creative, we can go in there and play around with all those building blocks, shifting, connecting, and maybe most importantly, discarding, because as Tiago reminds us, originality is at least as much about subtraction as it is about addition.
0: Prune the good to surface the great. We often think we need to add more to improve the quality of our work. More research, more details, more supporting evidence, more explanation. But there is another way to find quality. By removing the merely good parts so the great ones can shine more brightly. Every idea has an essence, the heart and soul of what it is trying to communicate. It might take hundreds of pages and thousands of words to fully explain a complex insight, but there is always a way to convey the core message in just a sentence or two. For example, Einstein famously summarized his revolutionary new theory of physics with the brief equation E equals mc squared. This is the act of distillation and it has been practiced by artists, sculptors, musicians, and scientists for hundreds of years. In whatever project or product you are working on, there is usually a core essence that is already good, but that soul of your idea can so easily get obscured by unnecessary details. If you want to make the outputs of your creativity better, Consider stripping away whatever is not truly essential while, of course, saving it in your notes in case it comes in handy in the future. Simpler ideas are easier to communicate, easier to improve, and easier for others to contribute to. The smaller and more succinct your ideas are, the more elegantly they can be applied to new situations.
1: Okay, I think I need an example here as well. Uh, can you share either from your own life or from people you work with a good example of how someone can prune the good to surface the great?
0: First, you need to identify what is the main idea that you're trying mm-hmm. to communicate, which is already hard enough. Yeah, you know, if you ask most people, what is what is your central message? Yeah, what is your big idea? Right, they'd have a hard time saying what it is. Right. Yeah but i would say i would say most people have one you know you might even think well my job is not like it's not about creating content or or giving presentations or publishing anything but even in in a typical career you know mm. you can identify what is the through line of that career what mm. is the the hypothesis or the belief or the thing that you see that not a lot of other people see or the thing you care about that is the central idea so once you identify what that is I think there's a there's a lesson that I've learned and certainly I've seen a lot of people learn, which is anything that is not essential to that message, it just kind of dilutes it. So like, let me give you a practical example. You're giving a slide presentation and you think, let me just add like more advice and more slides, more graphs, more data points, more information, more bullet points. You think you're making that presentation better, you're not. Mm you're making it worse. Mm-hmm. You're diluting it. Mm-hmm. If you keep adding, adding, adding more stuff, people would just walk away like, if you ask them, well, what was the, the main takeaway? They'll, they'll just be like, uh, pff, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it just gets lost in all that in all that content. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at most people's communication, their analysis, their decision-making, the goals they're striving for, they could really do with less, basically pruning the extra stuff that they're trying to do or trying to accomplish that is not central to their goal, Mm -hmm. just eliminate it, prune it, and that central thing will actually get stronger.
1: I think about this all the time in my emails. It amazes me how often people will just write these emails that are just kind of this, you know, just explosion of facts and comments and questions. And I have a hard time reading emails like that. So I'm careful when I write something in an email to make sure I'm saying one thing or asking one thing and that thing is near the top. And then, you know, there might be some decorative language around to support it, but I don't want there to be any confusion about what I'm asking or what I'm saying. So that's that's a pruning exercise I go through daily. So important.
0: Yeah, I, lo- I love how we're talking about creativity, but this applies right down to a single email you write to a colleague, yeah. a, a phone call you make, uh, you know, a memo you write. What is the point? <laughs> right. I, I'm the same. <laughs> I just go around. Asking, what is the point? What is the point? What is the point? And I wish the people around me, you know, all the time would just get to the point faster, more directly, and more clearly. It would Ugh. make all our jobs much easier.
1: <laughs> my God, we get these emails from my daughter's school, and they're like these poetic essays that go on for paragraphs before they get to the oh main God. thing they're trying to tell us. And it's like, why? <laughs> Who taught you to write this way to communicate like that? But okay, so. I think your idea here is if the primary purpose of our second brain is collecting all this stuff, but then we need to, whatever project it is we're working on, we need to look through this collection of stuff we have. And before we take any action, we're probably trying to look through for what's what's the core idea here? What's the through line of this project? And maybe I need to see all of this other stuff I've collected, but I shouldn't get confused by it either. I, I might need to go through a process, I think you call it distilling in your in your system, of really trying to boil it down to something core before I take any action or make any decision.
0: Yeah, there's a couple there's a couple of ways that a second brain comes in. So distilling is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um I found that often once you've say made a first draft of something. Mm-hmm it's pretty hard to distill it right there in its kind of final form. Mm-hmm. Because you're kind of just like, you get lazy, you're like, it would take a bunch of extra work to really, you know, it's like the Mark Twain quote, I would have made this shorter, but I didn't have enough time, that kind right. of thing. Right. Uh, once you've written it out or designed it or set it or whatever the the medium of expression is, it kind of has its own identity and its own inertia. Mm. And it gets really hard to take things out. But in your notes, it's easier. Mm. right your notes are kind of free form and messy it's much easier in other words to distill your notes distill the material that you're starting from in the first place mm-hmm. and then go to expression that's why expression comes after distillation in my in my method mm-hmm. because then you don't even have it there in the first place and therefore you know don't have to go through successive drafts of the email that you're writing but there's a second thing which is the other reason that people have a hard time pruning or distilling mm-hmm. is Let's say you're taking out a slide from a presentation you're designing, and you feel this kind of pain like, oh, but there there is some value in this slide. Mm-hmm. There is something interesting here. That's why it's here in the first place, mm-hmm. right? There's almost like a, I describe it as a grief, the grief of killing your darlings, mm-hmm. killing something that you know is has some good in it. Well, one way to make that easier is to not just delete or throw away that slide, save it in your second brain. hmm you know save it in this almost it's like it's like the leftovers in your fridge you know just preserve it over here and over time you'll notice that the leftovers the parts that you've cut they do have some value and they could be used in some completely other way that you never even predicted interesting
1: yeah maybe that slide doesn't really belong in this presentation but there might be another one coming up that it makes perfect sense for so the the second brain kind of takes away the fear of discarding things because you're never truly discarding things Yes. You're saving them and recombining them, finding other uses. Yes. This is maybe a bit of an aside, but in terms of, say, taking a rough draft and trying to boil it down to its its key ideas, have you tried using ChatGPT for this purpose? Because I've found that one of the most powerful uses for it, because I'll take something that I've written and I'm just trying to like say, what is this? What am I trying to get at? And... Crazily enough, copying and pasting it into ChatGPT, I get back something surprisingly useful as a distillation of the key ideas.
0: Absolutely, I actually just taught my first AI
1: workshop—the
0: mm-hmm. uh, very first thing I've ever done on AI—and that was one of the use cases. It's—it's mm-hmm. it's incredible. It's—it's it's like once you've taken notes and you have these this messy collection of content you can almost outsource the last couple steps of distillation and expression by dumping it into ChatGPT and saying, hey, please put this into shape for me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. Okay, well, I guess we won't need editors in the future. (laughs) Well, folks, until the robot takeover is complete, your originality still has value. Come back tomorrow when Tiago Forte will give us one final tip from his book, Building a Second Brain, One more way to use digital tools in the name of human creativity. And speaking of humans, we have four of them who help us select the best nonfiction here at the Next Big Idea Club. Their names are Malcolm Gladwell, Daniel Pink, Susan Cain, and Adam Grant. You've probably heard of some of them or all of them, but they are flesh and blood people who read a ton of books and send their favorites to members of our club. So if you're tired of reading what the algorithms force-feed you and you're ready to see what good old-fashioned artisanal curation has to offer, come on over to nextbigideaclub.com and sign up. You can use the code DAILY for 10% off. That's nextbigideaclub.com, promo code DAILY. See you tomorrow.